At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. If you're like me, you spend lots of time pouring over maps, looking at weather data, all in an effort to help predict when and where my best times to hunt will be. It'd be nice if there was a reliable source with all this information in one place. Enter the Spartan Forge app. Unlike some other predictive apps on the market, Spartan Forge was created from military combat intelligence experience tailored for hunters and stands at the nexus of machine learning and white-tailed deer hunting. No more man-made algorithms. This is a predictive model based on real GPS collared deer data, historical and predictive weather, and the next level of mapping imagery, all at my fingertips. I've been using the iOS app this season, and it has replaced all my other mapping tools. Visit SpartanForge.ai and sign up today, or head to your iOS or Android app store. Use the promo code TRUTH to save some money and download it today. Mobile hunters, if you're interested in upping your mobile game, then head to tetherednation.com and check out their saddle gear. There are a few things you can actually buy that will help you become a better deer hunter or give you the freedom to hunt any tree or any situation. This is the reason why I started saddle hunting in the first place and why I use Tethered's gear. I can honestly say that Tethered's saddle gear has changed how I hunt for the better. Big tree, little tree, from the ground, it doesn't matter. I'm untethered by my gear to hunt the best setup for the situation, instead of hunting for a tree that my gear can use. My current core setup consists of the Phantom Saddle, Tethered One Sticks, and the Predator Platform, along with an assortment of their accessories. So if you want to up your mobile game, head over to tetherednation.com. Welcome to the Truth From A Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Spartan Forge. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 303. Today I'm joined by Michael Verde, and we are talking about killing hammer bucks on small parcels and how switching to a trad bow has changed his game. So stay tuned. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. It is here. It is upon us for those Pennsylvania brothers and sisters that haven't kicked off their season yet. Um, you will be doing so. This comes out on Wednesday, so I believe Saturday you are able to um, you'll be you'll be able to rock and roll. I know Michigan just opened. Uh, I want to say this past weekend. I think Ohio Ohio did too officially. Um, so by and large, everything should be in and, you know, deer season is now kind of in full swing. I've had, you know, two weeks at this point, uh, for me, uh, being able to, being able to get out. So I've had, I've been able to do, I guess, well, two, two days of hunting really kind of three hunts, if you will. Um, the, the opening weekend I went out for an evening hunt. We already talked about that. And then this past week, um, 
temperatures got a little bit warm, but then we had a nice little front kind of come in uh, toward the end of the week. And uh, uh, Friday was looking really good, um, you know, just in order to, to, to kind of get out the temps. You know, I don't remember how big the, the drop was. I think the high on Friday was maybe 62 or something like that. And I think the day before it was maybe in the 70s, like 75. So pretty good, pretty good drop. But the morning temps were going to be uh, right around like, I want to say like 46 to 49 degrees. So I actually got it before work. There was an area that I wanted to check. The wind was perfect for. Uh, I had a camera in that general area. So I was like, well, I can go in and hunt that. I got the perfect wind to kind of get in there and hunt it and not booger it up. Check that camera. And then set up somewhere in there um, uh, where I know kind of deer had been kind of funneling down uh, down through this down through this particular area, and uh, I needed to check the camera anyway. And so it was one of those kind of uh, let's take advantage of the good weather and let's do a hunt here where we're not kind of boogering up anything that we want to kind of save for uh, later in the year. And who knows, maybe we get maybe we get lucky. This is an area where I've I've found some good deer in the past, uh, sp- specifically last year. And, uh, kind of put the puzzle pieces together a little bit and figured out kind of what I think to be their kind of route of travel from where I have found them and where I have seen them in the past and where they're kind of not disappearing to, but where are they kind of, you know, meandering about and how are they getting from one area to, an, uh, to another. And so kind of started pinpointing that. And this is kind of that travel route if you, um, if you will. So was playing that kind of, that kind of setup where I thought if there, you know, if there's something good in the area, he may kind of, he may kind of slip through this, um, this particular spot. Cause as of right now, after that card pool, you know, there was nothing worth note on, on that particular camera that, that I'm, um, that I'm aware of. And so ended up working during the day Friday. Uh, you know, I work from home, of course, so did that. And then was able to bust out right after I was, uh, finished wrapping up some stuff at work and go out and do an evening, uh, an evening hunt as well. And, uh, the area I was hunting, particularly, I was kind of at the part that I was kind of going through, I was going to go buy two camera kind of locations in general. And so I was able to kind of check both of those had good wins for both of those. And then the one area I wanted to hunt because, so the, the bummer, the thing that I'm really kind of struggling with right now is, you know, a lot of my scouting this past off season, it was, you know, uh, it was in areas to kind of expand some of the good areas I'm kind of aware of. And I really focused in on this year, um, uh, I pay attention to it every year, but this year I made even a, a more concerted effort to not just pay attention to, but document like anywhere I was seeing a white oak, you know, and, and dropping a pin on in my Spartan Forge app and saying, hey, there's food here. And the plan then was to go back, you know, <clears throat> throughout this off season, or I'm sorry, throughout this summer and, you know, note, you know, what's holding, uh, what's holding, you know, um, acorns and what's not. And just, you know, summer got busy. And I wasn't able to kind of make my way through. So, you know, a lot of times I'll just kind of plan the earth since my season comes in kind of two weeks earlier than the rest of the state. And I don't often have something on a good boot, uh, bed to food pattern because I don't have a lot of ag around me and stuff like that. So those first two weeks are really just a lot of me scouting, checking cameras, setting up and doing some hunts and trying to, you know, just be at the right place at the right time, potentially if I know of a good deer in a general in a general area without harming anything that I intend to use when I know the 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 getting's going to get good if, if you will. And the bummer of it is, is this last place I went into, I mean, there were just so many acorns in there. Whenever I found it this off season, um, it's not far from an area that I've hunted before. And just the general movement of the deer suggested to me that they were spending time, you know, a little bit to my, uh, my East. And so that's why I ended up scouting this particular area. And I had assumed there was probably 
some sort of food in there just based on the time of year that I was seeing deer at this other location and the times of days that I was seeing them. And so when I scouted, of course, I found, you know, a handful of white oaks in this area that had all like, you know, apparently dropped last year. Cause there was just, you know, stuff, there was just caps and stuff all over the floor uh, of the timber in that particular spot. And so I wanted to get in there this past weekend or this past week uh, when that front blew through perfect wind for it go in there. And I was like, if there's going to be anywhere, it's going to be dropping. It's going to be there. And I could potentially, you know, make a play on a, on a, um, and if there's a good deer in the area, cause I haven't had any good trail camera pictures in that general area, you know, that would be a spot that they would become coming to feed. And so that was kind of my game plan. And so I rolled in there and that was kind of my last hope, like ace in the hole of like, you know, if nothing else is dropping, which I haven't seen anything else, at least in the spots I've been looking so far, um, nothing has dropped and that held true in this spot as well. There's not a single freaking acorn on the ground. And there was a ton of wind on Thursday and Friday. So anything that was in trees should have been hitting the ground at that point. And so right now I'm kind of at the, you know, back to the drawing board, so to speak. Um, in the North piece, I got a couple of really good bucks to chase. So that's might be where I spend a lot of my time, but locally, um, yeah, kind of on the struggle bus. Uh, and it looks like a lot of my, my hunts are going to be just scouting in general and going out and walking and trying to find, you know, the, the next best food sources and stuff like that. And so that's really my plan, at least for the early part of the season here, um, until we start heading toward, you know, things getting more frisky as we get into, uh, as we get later into, into October. But with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's show. Uh, two things real quick, uh, skull brew coffee, make sure you're picking up your pour over packs for your travel hunts this, uh, this fall skullbrew.com or skullbrewcoffee.com. So check that out and then head to the merch tab on the truth from stand.com website, pick up some swag for the season. So cool show for you guys today. Have my buddy, Michael Verde on, uh, Michael is from New Jersey. He's a fellow East coaster and just laying down hammer bucks. Um, when you think about where he's hunting predominantly in like in small lots, small parcels, you know, in and around suburbia type of settings, you know, to a, to a degree. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm very familiar with that just based on where, um, where I live and just the caliber of deer that he's killing consistently is pretty, pretty crazy. He's been doing this for years. So this isn't like a new thing, but what really kind of caught my attention whenever I kind of learned of Michael is, um, he switched to a, a traditional equipment. I think it was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, Michael and I recorded this several weeks ago, um, and just now getting to it, to get it out. Um, and in that time frame, I want to say he's killed maybe like four hammer bucks in two years. Cause I think he can take two a year, something like that. Don't quote me on that. We talk about it a little bit in the, in the podcast, but the moral of the story is, is basically since he picked up a trad bow, he's been absolutely lethal and he had killed plenty of good deer prior to that. But we talk a little bit about it. You know, he struggled with some anticipation of the shot or what some people refer to as like target panic and, and, and things like that. And just, you know, making poor shots more often than he would, than he would like to. And, uh, changing to traditional equipment for him has just kind of changed his game. Um, he's way more confident with that, even though you would think that it would be harder. Um, he just seems to be absolutely, um, deadly with that. And as, as I'm putting this out, I know last week he killed another doe. So the dude is just slaying it with the, uh, with the tradvo, but really enjoyed this conversation. He's a killer, um, doing it in New Jersey, a lot of small parcels, um, had a lot of fun kind of, uh, chatting with Michael, Michael, and hope you guys dig the podcast as much as I, uh, did, uh, chat with him and making it. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's show. And as always, thank you all for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the truth from the stand deer hunting podcast. And today I've got a fellow East coaster on, 
Um, I, man, when you and I talked earlier this week, just to kind of, or I guess it was last week, um, I said yeah. it was kind of funny that you reminded me of my buddy Greg Litzinger, not just because you guys are both from New Jersey, but you're both tatted up. And I was like, it's almost yeah. like you guys could be brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is kind of, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But, but I got on Mr. Uh, Michael Verity from New Jersey. How's it going, brother? All right, man. How are you? I'm doing good. How'd you shoot, man? I know you're just wrapping up at the 3D course. How'd you, how'd you sling them? You know, a couple left, a couple right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I shot, I shot all right. I actually, um, this summer, man, my work schedule, I've been working nights and, uh, I haven't been shooting as much as I should have all summer. And I, I was fishing, you know, like my gear switched to fishing in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've been kind of slacking the shooting department. So nice. now I, I just got back from ETAR in Pennsylvania, which is a big traditional archery 3d shoot. And, uh, kind of got the juices flowing again and, now I'm getting out there every week. Nice, man. Slinging some arrows, trying to get ready. So nice. I find it's um. I, I don't know. I guess I'll just ask you the question. Do you find that when you're uh, like when you pivot to like fishing during the summer, like another you know passion or hobby or whatever, do you do you feel like it helps you whenever it comes like around the hunting season? Because I used to kind of just be all consumed with bow hunting, which I still am. But um, you know, a newfound love of like you know for me at least jujitsu has kind of taking some of the focus off of bow hunting where it's like when I'm in it, I'm like super in it, but I don't necessarily obsess over <clears> to like a, to like a sickening point to a degree where I kind of outthink myself. So maybe might be a good way to say it. Yeah. Fishing basically just takes up time for me. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not, I know we've touched on it briefly when we talked before, but like in the summer, early season, I'm kind of like a less is more guy. Like I don't want to be in the woods tromping around. Mm-hmm. I want to let the deer do what they're going to do all summer. And then kind of hit them with a sneak attack when the season opens, you know? Right, right. Um, like, I don't have any cameras out yet. You know, there's a couple there's a couple spots I slow roll and I glass and I see if I can see anything moving. Unfortunately, by me, it's like neighborhoods. You know, you might catch one on someone's front yard or, you know, in, in a field somewhere. But basically, everything's visual now. And so, so, yeah, so I don't, you know, I kind of forget about hunting in the summer, which is hard to do sometimes it's hard to do but i think it can be healthy you know what i mean just like that mental break from it because you know i'm I'm guessing your season probably starts kind of early just knowing a little bit Mm -hmm. about you know jersey and have like how certain seasons kind of open you know different times and i'm the same i'm in the same boat where my hunting season opens middle of september Mm -hmm. and so if i go from middle of september and because i'm in a special regs unit my season doesn't close to like the very end of january i mean you're talking like basically september through january is my hunting season yeah yeah dude we go we go to second week in september typically to mid february so i can i can i'm so burnt out by february that i need that break man like i i just like when i was younger i was i would end the season i'd be like i cannot i can't wait to open a day and i'd be counting down the days and now I don't know if I'm getting a little older or, or what's going on, but now I'm like hunting season's a month away. And I, and I kind of wish it was two or three months away. You know? like, <laughs> Cause I know once I slip into that zone, it's go, 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 go. Like I'm yeah. doing, you know, I'm just going uh full bore, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like, as you get older and I, this is for me, at least I don't want to speak for you, but like, I actually started having an even like, I guess more appreciation for, the postseason and the value that it brings, not just in terms of like scouting and, and stuff like that. But that's one of my favorite times to go out because I, I take my dog out, we go shed hunting together and we just, I just spend a lot of time in the woods, not with a bow in my hand. And I feel like 
sometimes when you got that bow in your hand, it changes, uh, it, it changes the, um, it's, I don't want to say you're stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it stresses me out. There's no, no hands down. Like I'm stressed out all season. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. it's nice to just to kind of go into the woods and sometimes just to be able to kind of enjoy it with my dog and just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scouting. I'm trying to get some stuff done and figure some stuff out, but yeah, it's not a, uh, I don't want to say life or death. That's not the right way to put it, but it's not an intense situation. I guess I should say it's a very, yeah. it's a very, if I find great sign today and some stuff that can help me in the season. Awesome. If I don't, well, whatever. <laughs> I just spent the yeah. last like eight hours in the woods with my dog. You know, it's like not, not a bad day. You know what I mean? And and during the season, you kind of have these fits. You have these stressful fits where like you have a buck that's consistent in the area and you're going in and you're like overthinking everything, pit, trying to pick a tree. And and that to me, that's like I'm, I have a good chance of seeing this buck tonight. That's like a, a you know, like a kind of I don't want to say a stressful situation because it's not I, I, what I love to do. But but it's like a, like high tension. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you're anticipating this deer to come through. So I, I almost like during the season, I like to break it up and have a sit where, you know what, I'm just going to go out today with a stand on my back and get downwind to some doe bedding. And, you know, if I see a deer, that's a plus. Like I almost look forward to those types of sits mm-hmm. more than those sits of like, okay, today's the day. Everything, you know, all my dots lined up. Let's go. Right. How often today. do you think you're doing that during the season? Like how often do you think are, are your sits targeted versus, um, you know, I'm just going to go kind of pick this spot. Maybe it's a spot yeah. you've, you have a little bit of intel on, but not a ton. And you're like, eh, I don't have a good win today for anywhere else. So I'm just going to go kind of throw yeah. a flyer at this spot. So the way I, I mean, being like a working guy and you know, I, I, I can't go into the woods any, you know, as much as I would like. So basically my weeks consist of, uh, I have yet to get into the cell camera game. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't need it yet. I don't like, I don't need to be at work getting pictures of the clock. Like, you know, <laughs> He, he passes the camera in the morning and I got to go to work. Like, I would be calling out hands down and being in the woods. Even now. Right. But, uh, so my weeks basically consist of like, I'm off Tuesday, Wednesday. That's my, so that's my weekend. Mm-hmm. So my, my weeks, basically I would check cameras on like a, on like a Sunday or a Monday after work. Mm-hmm. And then I would assess like what I have going on in those spots that I checked. I'd be like, okay. Okay, I got pictures of this buck. He's nighttime. Uh, I might go and sit somewhere off the camera, closer to where I think he's bedding, if I can. You know, if I can, if I have permission to access where he, I think he's coming from. If not, then I go. All right, I got nothing going on this week, and I and I'll, I'll head out the public or you know do something. I'm not. There's definitely not a day off that I'm going to have that I'm not in the woods. You know. Right. Right. And so you're. Um, so uh, it sounds like you're really kind of looking for like areas that you kind of have a good feeling for it, it's a targeted approach, right? And, yeah. And you're yeah. kind of looking for the Intel to tell you when it's, when it's time to make yeah. a time to make a move. A lot of green briar thickets. I, yeah. I, I, I target those green briar thickets and sometimes, sometimes they're between houses. Sometimes they're between fields. You know, it's just, it seems to be where a lot of deer bed near in my area. Right. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, man. Cause you know, I think people, there's it's funny because until I kind of met Greg and started spending more time hanging out with him and stuff like that, I always had kind of an image of what hunting New Jersey would look like or what the kind of landscape would look like. And it's actually way more diverse than I had kind of thought originally. Yeah. And so what types of areas are, are you hunting? I mean, it sounds like you're hunting a lot of kind of suburban type of areas, small parcels. Is that correct? Or am I completely yeah, wrong? Yeah, a little bit, a, a little bit of both. You know what I mean? I got like, 
some bigger hardwoods that I hit, um, swamp edges, and then uh, a lot of tight in between houses stuff. You know, if you could, you know, I drive a tow truck for a living, and uh, if I can tow someone's car and drop them off, and they got, you know, I'll pull up Onyx, and if they look like they got the the property, you know, I'm gonna probably drop the bomb on them and ask them. But <laughs> and uh, most of the time, it's a no. Right. Some people, some people have no idea that bow hunting is even legal in New Jersey. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> you know, I get that a lot. Is that is that legal? Like, and I'm like, no. Like, then I got to pull stuff up and like prove to them that it's <laughs> it's right. a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. People do this, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Like, I had of a buddy, uh, I think Long Island. Um, he is a I want to say he's a UPS driver, and mm-hmm. he gets so much access. Two killer little parcels. He'll just be driving and see like a hammer buck and deliver. And like, and the funny thing is, is like he's been on this route. I think at this point now, I think he's going on like 20 years. that He's had like the same route. It, it, it's at least in the teens. So he knows wow. these people. He's been delivering their packages to them for like, you know, yeah. a decade plus. And yeah. so they kind of, it's like me. It's like my, I mean, as much stuff as we get from Amazon, it's like, I kind of know the UPS guy, you know what I mean? Like he's here like mm-hmm. every other day. And, uh, the, uh, and so you kind of get to know him. So he's able to use that to his advantage where he's like, you know, they're like, oh, he's like, hey, Mrs. Johnson, how you doing? Hey, I saw a really big buck over here and he ran back behind your house here. I was wondering if I'd maybe be able to hunt back there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you go ahead. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like they're, you know, and family. That's, yeah. that's huge. Like, you know, because with me, I'm towing somebody's car one time. You know what I mean? So they, right. they look at me. I got tattoos all over. You know, they're like, what? You want to do what? Like usually it's you know get the hell out of here but right <laughs> um, right i was gonna ask you how that works out like you know yeah because it might yeah, be but it, it's like if you're if you're towing on repo you're i'm gonna say it's a solid no no yeah, yeah. no we do i do triple a so okay. normally i'm helping you know i am helping them they are saying that i'm there to help but like i mean i have one one polish dude he gave me uh he gave me permission eight years ago and it, it still stands to this day you know oh. so, but i kind of i didn't lose it but i kind of did because I was going to, uh, so in New Jersey, we have to shoot a doe before, if you want to hunt September, you have to shoot a doe before you can shoot a buck. It's called Erna, Erna buck or yeah. whatever. And, uh, yeah. so I usually go sit in his, you know, he has like three acres or something. And I usually go sit and corner his property for opening day. And the one year I go and I, I hung a stand the night before, or, or maybe two days before. And I get in the stand in the dark and I'm like, the deer usually move through there and, and it's getting light out. And I, I'm getting like, now it's like gray light. And I'm like, are those sticks? It looks like climbing sticks, like two trees over from me. And sure enough, it gets light out and there's a stand hung two trees away. <laughs> and then I look down like at the base of my tree. I didn't even see it. There's a note in a sandwich baggie. And uh, the guy's like, I, I hope you didn't mind. Um, I put, my, you know, I put my stand, you know, two trees over or whatnot. And he's like, I put, I put 50 pounds of corn out. Um, feel free to hunt whenever you want, but, but text me and let me know. So we don't go on the same day. Like, <laughs> I, like I deal with, I deal with a lot of that stuff and it winded up being a guy that his wife works with. Right. And that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And to some people hunting's like that, you know, some people's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put a stand here. You're welcome. Sit at any time. Like hunting is just, you know, yeah, for if you different... take it serious, it's it's not like that, you know. It's... Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny, you know. I was I, I was talking to a fella, um, I don't even I forget who I forget who it was, um, but just talking about you know 
I travel a lot to hunt and, and I think they were just kind of suggesting like, Hey, you know, if we're in the same area, you know, let's, um, like hook up or whatever, you know, and which is great. Like I'm all for, you know, meeting new people. That's one thing I love about doing this podcast. I've, I've had the opportunity to meet just some awesome people and make great friends. But, you know, I was, I kind of had to mention like, Hey, I appreciate that, you know, but you know, um, a lot of times when I'm on these travel hunts or when I'm hunting in general, it's, it's kind of a lone wolf mission. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm not, I'm not super fun to be around. I'm not a campy guy. You know what I mean? I guess I would say, <laughs> you know, it's like I go, yeah. I hunt all day. I come home, I eat and I'm in bed as early and as quickly as I can get in bed after I get all my stuff ready for yeah. the next morning. That way I'm able to get up the next morning and go do what I got to go do, you know, and not be all groggy and stuff. So I'm kind of a buzzkill at camp. <laughs> so yeah. if, if, you know, a travel hunting, hunting camp for you is like, let's party and have drinks. I'm probably not your guy, you know, is same. Yeah. Same. I don't get me wrong. If you shoot a good one. Oh I yeah. Stay up all night with you. Yeah. We're going to have a good, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's like, that's sometimes I think I'm like, honestly, I think that's why I hunt. Like there's nothing that I enjoy more. It's like one of my friends kills a good buck and everybody gets to hang out in the garage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. I love that. Man. Yeah. It's funny. Like I say that, but like, my buddy Chad and I were in Kansas this year and he just killed like a hammer, like 170, a little over 170 inch deer in Kansas. And, uh, and we were, and I was all stoked and we went and pulled it out together and it was just like a nightmare getting this deer out and almost killed us. It's the thing was huge. just like big body heavy. And we were like, mm-hmm. whenever he killed it, I was like, yeah, we're partying tonight. Like I bought, I brought like a bottle of bourbon along for us to like celebrate when one of us, <laughs> when one of us killed, like, you know, anticipating one of us would kill something on the trip. And we yeah. got, when we finally got back to the place, like we were so tired. Like we, we had like one small, like small sip of whiskey and both literally passed out with the lights on, like in our, in my little travel trailer oh, damn. <laughs> and just like yep, went to yeah. bed. <laughs> it was so yeah, it's, different. It's, it's totally different when you're on a trip, but when you're home, like when you're home, it's another, you know, another story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Man. So I know you, <laughs> Well, well, for, I mean, let me ask you this. How did you get started hunting? Right. Cause I think some people, you know, cause it sounds like you live in somewhat of like a suburban kind of area. Is that where you grew? Did you grow up in like a suburban area and was hunting kind of yeah. part of your family so or I, was it something you got into later? Yep. I grew up in suburbs basically, but I always had woods around, you know what I mean? I had right. a, a sand pit where I'd ride my dirt bike when I was a kid or, you know, and lakes. I was always fishing. So like we did have woods around, but, um, I basically grew up primarily just shotgun hunting mm-hmm. for buck a week, which is one week out of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and small game hunting. That was like, that is all I did. Right. It was, I was, I was obsessed with rabbits and pheasants, man. That was it. But I think I actually learned a lot about deer just being in the woods, small game hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, and then, so was it your, did your dad hunt? Is that how you kind of got into it or? Yeah. 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 My dad hunted, my uncle hunted. Okay. Um, nice. What do you. But the, I got bit by the small game bug, you know, at the youngin. And I always said I didn't want to bow hunt because um, I always said to my dad, ah, my luck, my luck, he'll be 40 yards out and I won't be able to shoot him. You know what I mean? That yeah. was always my biggest fear that having a monster come by. And um, so I didn't start bow hunting until my, um, probably, I don't know. 21 or something 22 okay so you know, that's when i got that's when i got serious i should say right right what do you think it was it's funny that you mentioned the small game stuff because i mean small game often a lot of folks start out like that. i started out you know a lot of squirrel hunting you know a lot of uh 
a lot of pheasant hunting, a lot of rabbit hunting, stuff like that. I mean, still, you know, mm-hmm. I, gun, I gun hunted with my, my old man growing up. I grew up in rural PA and, uh, you know, but it, it wasn't until I got older that I got into to bow hunting as, as well. But I'm always, but it, I was never ate up with the small game. Like I always loved deer hunting, you know, like that was the, that was the season yeah. that I always kind of preferred. And like small game was more just, I would get home cause we didn't bow hunt whenever I was growing up. I would get home from school in the fall and I would grab a, you know, grab a shotgun and I would head out to the, we had a, we owned 30 ish acres or whatever. And so I just head out the back door and go okay. and go hunt, you know, after I got home from school or whatever, you know, and small game was more so just like to kill time and go be in the woods or whatever. But yeah, yeah. the one thing that I kind of find though, is like a lot of guys that I've talked to on the podcast that had, that were ate up with small game early or something else early ended up being like some of the best hunters that I've talked to. Like, I'll give you an example. So I had Justin Hollinsworth on kills hammer deer from Ohio. Right. Mm-hmm. He started off like really kind of running dogs, hunting coons. Like that was like what he was ate up with when he was a kid. Like he actually had like dogs he competed with and stuff like that. And he picked up so much like nuance of like animal behavior and how to track and stuff like that from working with his dogs. And so it just seems like guys who are into small game or something different, real heavy, always mm-hmm. kind of translated into being a really effective deer hunter. Do you kind of feel the same way that you learned like a bunch of really good principles or something from that small game experience? Yeah. Carried over? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like just countless miles in the woods, small game hunting that, yeah. you know, like I would like, I hate to say it. I, you know, I was an angel, but I would, I would slip my shotgun into my truck going to high school and then never make it to school. Cause I would just tear ass out of town and go pheasant hunting all day. Right. You know, so I would <laughs> skip school to go hunting and stuff. And, it was always like an obsession I had. And then, but once, I mean, once I got, you know, once I got bit with the archery thing, it was over, it was completely over, you know? Right. And I was really like, I was, I was really, um, I don't, I don't want to say ADHD, but I was pretty hard for me to sit still when I was younger. So small game hunting was just perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause I could just wear, wear myself out. You know what I mean? Just right. Yeah. Put some miles on, you know? That makes sense. I never thought of it that way where it's just like, you know, when you deer hunt or when you're bow hunting a lot of times or gun hunting, whatever it is, when you learn to deer hunt, unless you're out West doing a lot of spot and stock, you know what I mean? You really kind of play or taught through the lens of playing the patient game of finding a spot, setting up and that's where you sit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas you're right. Small game hunting. I mean, you're just, you're moving, trying to find them. And then, so you just end up seeing so much more just, you know, mile wise yeah. you know of timber yeah which means you run across a lot more sign you run across a lot more critters you see a lot more animal like just you see a lot more of everything which i never really thought and i was you know months. and when i was younger i was interested in deer so i was paying attention because i did deer hunt you know it was it was only you know i would hunt one week out of the year with a shotgun when i was a kid and then maybe me and my dad would get our extended shotgun permit and we mm-hmm. hunt a couple of extra weeks into like january right but um this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. <coughs> so, so when you picked up a bow, finally, how did how did that start? How did you uh, how did you adapt? How did things kind of start out for you? Um. Oh man, I'm, trying, I'm thinking back now. Um, so I learned, I learned nothing about tuning. You know, I me- I remember. All right, so I, I remember buying my first bow, and buying a pack of muzzies and slapping a muzzy on, and was dialed in. You know, but I didn't. I never shot the broadhead, which is like something I'm just so anal with now. Like I, if I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna shoot the broadhead. I'm gonna shoot the arrow that I'm gonna shoot at a deer. Right. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to sharpen that broadhead and put it in my quiver this way. I've shot that arrow before. I know what it's going to do. But when I was younger, I remember buying a pack of muzzies, sighting my bow in field points, and I remember, I remember going out and having this doe come in to like 15 yards and letting the arrow rip, and it just did like a somersault in the air, and I skimmed her, and I skimmed her back. And I'm like, and then I went home and shot the broadheads, and then that's, that was the moment I learned about tuning. Right. And, uh, Right. Yeah. That's how the, important it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hard lesson right there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was probably, <clears throat> yeah, I think I was 20 or 21 when that happened. I, I can't, I can't pinpoint it. Right. But. So how many, like how many years or, or how, how quick after you changed and started kind of focusing on bow hunting was it until you started laying down some laying down bucks? Um, nine i think i got real serious about it and i I killed a public land like basket eight Mm -hmm. and then uh and then after that like it was i mean definitely with the help of a few good buddies you know right i learned like you know my buddy uh chris schmidt he films for a tv show and i met him you know at a younger at a younger age when i was learning how to bow hunt he was already putting down hammers and i basically followed his lead for quite a few years and you know so nice and tell me about you know he's the one who got me hooked on the moon the moon phase and, and all that right and so yeah i mean I, I heard you talk about that before and so you you do follow the moon the moon the red the uh red moon and then overhead yep. underfoot right yeah 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 pretty pretty like religiously mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i mean i could i mean i've said it before i've said it a million times i sound like a broken record but they should uh sponsor me or something <laughs> i mean i could i could look i could look on my wall and just be like a red day a red day you know really and every buck is you know if i didn't kill it on a bow drive um it's typically a day on the moon chart hmm. um that's crazy yeah literally you know if it, I, I shouldn't say bow drive it wasn't the bow drive or it wasn't during november like mm-hmm. during the rut you know right um if it was like a patternable deer, it was an A day, a hundred, a hundred percent every deer on my wall. It's insane. Wow, that's crazy, man. Like it so, makes you not, it makes you not want to hunt the, the other days, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, I followed it for one season, um, like pretty, pretty religiously. I didn't kill anything that year, but I ended up going out on a red day 
to a piece of public I'd never been to before and just kind of scouted my way through and found a pretty decent setup and I set up and, and I shit you not, it was, you know, and the thing is, is it's, it's not like people, when they look at the, 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 the overhead underfoot kind of timing of whatever, it's like, it, it might say like, let's say four thirty for example, right. That they're going to get up and move. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, but it's, it's like, it's around that time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be plus or minus on either side. Okay. And, and you also have to kind of take into consideration, right? Like how far you might be away from where they're bedded and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, they, they might yeah, be, there's... yeah. So, but regardless, you know, this was September and, uh, I want to say like the moon time was something like, I don't know, like five 30, right. Cause it's not getting dark until like six, something six thirty something like that. Mm-hmm. And I shit you not. It was like no less than like two to three minutes off whenever I saw two shooter bucks walk through and I, and I just, I didn't get a shot at either of them. They're just like slightly out of reach. I was just set up kind of like in the wrong tree, you know, uh, but I wouldn't have done. I mean, I set up at a decent spot. I just was just slightly out of the game and it was literally like to a T at the time that the moon dial said it was going to be. <laughs> can I, can I tell you a crazy story? Yeah. Um, so the, the last book I, I killed last, um, last year, it was January 5th, um, my subscription um, for the moon guide, mm-hmm. like I used the, you know, the, the phone app. Yep. So my subscription lapsed, right? And I didn't have it. So I wasn't using the moon guide. I was just getting consistent pictures of this buck. So um, <clears throat> I sat once for him. I didn't see him. I sat, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was the next day or two days later. Like I just call it my dots, like all my dots lined up, but I, mm-hmm. but minus the moon facing my moon, my moon app was, was expired. And I didn't talk to my buddy. It was late season. I was like, I'm going to kill this buck. If I, if I can, if I can get on, if not, you know, whatever, he'll be bigger next year. Right. So, um, my dots lined up as like, as far as like where I didn't have work, the wind was good. You know, the wind was, uh, I was, I was cutting it close, but it was doable. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was overcast and drizzly and I was just like, dude, everything's perfect today. I'm going to, I'm going to go give it a shot. So <clears throat> I wind up, I wind up killing him. Um, everything goes down, you know, perfect. I call my buddy. I'm all, I'm driving home. I didn't even drag the deer out yet. I'm calling my buddy and I'm all jacked up and I'm, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, he's, he's like, uh, he's like, well, you know, what time did you kill him or whatever? And I look back at when I called my dad, cause I called my dad right away. Like, Oh my God, oh, I got him. So I, I, I called my dad and I forget, I'm going to make up a time because I don't remember what time. It, let's say it was 4.37 something. You know what I mean? It got right. dark at 5 o'clock. Um, I think I go, I, I called my dad at 4.37. I go, it must have been like, I don't know, 4.36 or something. You know what I mean? Right. And, he, and he, pulls, he pulls up the moon chart and peak activity time that day was like 4.35. <laughs> red red A-Day a moon day with the star next to it. And I'm just like, you have to be kidding me. Like I didn't even plan. Like it's just, I, I, I just, it sounds like some hippie BS, you know what I mean? Oh, I follow the moon, but it, it, it works. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I always say, dude, like it, whatever people use that are successful, like don't, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what it is, but you know, cause like you're putting a lot of the puzzle pieces together, you know what I mean? Like it's, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. You yeah. have to have a, a lot figured out already. And, all your conditions have to be right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And the guys that I know that do follow it religiously, that's kind of the thing. It's like, man, they're in the right spot just in, in general. They're just waiting for the reason why that deer is going to get up and give them 10 minutes of shooting light or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? And it's like, they've got them figured out. 
they just need that. They just need him to make the mistake. You know, they know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. They know where he's at. They just need him to move to, to move in time. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but man, so, so you, you, when we were talking, you know, you got into bow hunting a little bit later and, you know, you, you killed some hammers and then we were talking a little bit about you went through like a period of like really bad target panic and you recently picked up mm. shooting a trad bow. Uh, yeah. I think the past, has it been what, two years going into your third season? This is, uh, this is my third season with it. Yeah. I still, so it's been, how do I put this? It's been two full years and this will be my third full year. This season before that, go back three seasons i started at the end of that year got it i guess that was like 2019 i shot a doe um with a longbow in january like late season Mm -hmm. and uh i had i had a rough year that year i didn't i didn't kill a buck and uh i had an opportunity at a buck and i i i hit one and didn't find it because because of target panic i could i could tell you that whole what story, uh, so so what made you what made you change to traditional archery? Because like like in my mind, it's something I've played around with. Like I've got a recurve here at the house yeah. that I'll shoot once <laughs> in a while, right? And I have an interest yeah. in in at some point hunting a season, a couple seasons, whatever. You know, I, I end up doing. What really drives it is I I I hunted Kansas last year and I absolutely loved it. And so one of the things I have in my mind is like I really want to kill a deer in Kansas from the ground with traditional equipment. I just think that that would be one of the coolest hunts to do, and but when I think about it, I'm like, man, it's, it's so much harder, at least in my opinion. Right. And I mm-hmm. would just think that shooting a compound and having target panic and then moving to a traditional bow and increasing the, I guess the difficulty, like almost seems counterintuitive. So why, why did you make the change ultimately? Um, it's just something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I tried it back in 2015 and, uh, I sat a couple times with the bow and I missed it though. And I just, I, but you know, I knew nothing about tuning, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was tuning compounds at that point, but like, I, I didn't really <clears throat> have down like the tuning with a the stick bow. I didn't really get that far into it. I just thought I can go out and sit, slap a Zawiki on the end, and go out and sit and kill one. And, and I hung it up real quick. I was like, ah, you know what? Uh, I'm, this isn't for me, but my, eventually with the compound, my target panic got so bad and, that uh and, and and to be honest with you i've never killed a buck over 22 yards so hmm. i'm like i'm like what is the you know and i, and I shoot instinctive mm-hmm. so i mean i still it, it still creeps up on me man i still get target panic hmm. but uh it, it actually like in the beginning it alleviated my target panic because i was just looking where i want to hit mm-hmm. and, and I was, you know you're, you're seeing the arrow you know i've heard people call it gap instinctive like you're seeing the arrow but you're looking where you want to hit Right. There's not a there's not a big green pin glowing in my face, going uh, you know, it gets right. the, the pin gets close and you go uh, uh. Right. So, so it kind of eliminated the pin. I think, and that eliminated some of my target panic. You know. Got it. So, and I'm the type of dude. I know some people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can kill a deer, you know, at, at 15 yards, 16 yards, but you put a crowd of people behind me and I cr- I crumble, man. I just mm-hmm. it, it gets in my head, but. I've been working on that. <laughs> yeah. I had a rough, I had a rough year the one year and I ended up and I shoot a compound and, and I ended up moving to a thumb release and that seemed to help a little bit. And then I ended up shooting, moving to like just shooting with both eyes open instead of just one eye. And that okay. actually took away pretty much all of my target <clears throat> panic or all my kind of anticipating my shot. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think part of it there- for me was just having a, a wider f- a field of view to where like my periphery wasn't cut off. 
if any if anybody ever heard the things that that go through my head when I'm about to kill deer when I when when I was shooting a compound I would um it sounds so stupid I would pretend that pretend like you're a teacher in a classroom and you're going to show everybody where to hit the deer mm-hmm. nice <laughs> so like so so today class laser pointer right and I, I'd be like yeah today class right there <laughs> I would say that in my head dude every time I kill deer right, right there <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. whatever gets so, the, whatever gets the job would, done yeah but it would trick my brain into putting that pin on the deer you know like mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's so. like we got to trick ourselves sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's for sure. So how, so when you changed to, to traditional equipment, like did you, cause you said you'd never killed a deer under or, uh, further than 22 yards, which is, which is awesome. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've shot those, you know, at, right. At 30 Bucks, yards, yeah. you know, but, but a buck, I, you know, I just, I've always kept it close mm-hmm. and I, in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting these deer in close. I'm like, well, you know what I mean? Let's just, let's shrink it a little bit more. Not much. You know I mean? I like with the stick, but I wouldn't shoot past 20 probably. Right. right. Um, so you know, did, did, did using a stick bow, did it change your approach to hunting at all or how you, how you, uh, I guess how you kind of find your setups like in trees and stuff like that. Did you change anything uh, about that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, and I learned it was a big learning curve. My, my first year was, was rough. You know, I, I, I was able to, I managed, but it was rough. Like I was, I, I've talked about this before, but I was hanging tree stands too high, you know, like mm. with my compound, I'd hang them 30 feet, you know, like thinking the higher I can get myself up in a tree, you know, like the better. Right. And, uh, you know, you go, you go, you go 25 plus feet in a tree and put a deer at 14 yards and you're shooting straight down, you know? Yeah. So now you're, you're shrinking the vitals. Your limb wants to hit the tree. You know, you're, you're all, you're, I was overdrawing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and shooting over a lot of deers. You know, I probably missed before I killed the buck with the, with the recurve, I probably missed three or four days, you know, just shooting over their backs. Right. And that just got, that just made me at that point, that just got me more determined, frustrated. I, I went to my, my buddy's farm and I, I hung a tree stand and I had a Mackenzie deer target that I moved every position angle you could think of until I had it down. Like, 10 yards, you know, 12 yards, 15 yards, 17 yards, like every angle, every position. And, uh, that's when I realized I started hanging all my sets lower. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll forever hunt a double tree if I can't like, right. If I can get into any, any double where I can hang my bow in front of me, you know, at 14, 15, maybe 16 feet. Yeah. Um, you know, better cover. And now, now I look for better cover. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what's tough about hunting a buck is, with the with the recurve or longbow whatever um is getting past those does you know if, yeah. you're, if you're if you're sticking it out and waiting for a buck that you're hunting you got to pass the test of every other deer that walks by you because chances are he's not going to be the first one you know right what- so it's that's the struggle for me is just getting past them old mature does because some of them does been around a lot longer than Right. Hunt, you know? Were you were were you seeking out any different types of areas, or did you kind of have, or were you kind of fo- still focusing on the same places where you were typically killing deer previously, but just changing slightly changing your setup to accommodate, you know, using traditional yeah. equipment? Is that more so? <clears throat> yeah, same 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 places, you know, same places, different trees, different, right. a little closer to where you know, right. you know, one setup. I'm I got this one spot I've been hunting for years. I I moved over twenty yards to a different tree, you know. Right, and then. And so what, what do you think the hardest kind of 
part of making the change from a compound to a stick bow was for you at least? Mm. I don't know. That's a tough question. A lot of it's multiple things, you know, it's not just one, like the whole tree stand thing, you know, practicing from the ground all summer and then going, okay, I'm ready. And then opening day, you get in a tree. In a tree and <laughs> you're like, wow, this is, this is something I should have been practicing, you know? Right. Right. That just learning, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm far more of, bow hunter than an archer you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not I'm really you know i'm not the best shot out there but you know I, I seem to focus in and make it happen in that moment so like just sticking like finding your style of shooting you know what i mean mm-hmm. like I, I found with traditional archery there's no there's no right and wrong it's what works for you right you know like um you know what i mean some people when they shoot their follow through they come back they touch their shoulder you know right but then you watch you watch Olympic shoot, shooters and nothing moves. You know their hand stays put and their their bow arm doesn't move an inch. Right. You know they're not they don't have this big dramatic break. You know, and I always like I got some crap for that in the past about you know not not um not you know my 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 my, my string my what am I trying to say the hand that my uh, my string hand if you want to call it that mm-hmm. doesn't fly back you know and touch my shoulder you know right so. I've heard like dead release, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm like dead release, dead deer. Like, right. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're both dead. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You know, That's funny. Yeah, it just seems to me like I'm I'm intrigued by it, and it's something that I want to I want to kind of put in my arsenal. But I also know that I need to have the time to dedicate to shooting enough with it. Yeah, because you know, I, I do play around with it at my house some. And that there's, and I got another buddy, um, my buddy Todd is, you know, a big traditional archer and that's, you know, how he's hunted uh-huh. for years. And, uh, there's a lot more for me to learn just in terms of like arrow and, uh, tuning your arrow as opposed to the bow. Right. And, and things like that, where it's just like a little bit more attention to detail than I probably have time for right now is kind of how it seems, seems to me like yeah. with my compound, it's like, I take it to my buddy's, you know, my buddy's shop, I get tuned we shoot bullet holes. I throw a broadhead on it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I tune my broadhead, which doesn't take me much time. And it's like, I'm ready to rock and roll. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, and I'm, and I'm set, you know? Um, yeah. When like you, you hear people say journey, like, Oh, my traditional journey. And in the beginning I'm like, oh, like all right. Yeah. How much of a journey could it be? But it truly is because you're going to go through 10 different types of arrow setup. 10 mm-hmm. you're going to change your anchor point four or five times, you know, before you really settle into like, you find a style that you like fits you. I think that's the hardest part. Like, right getting through all that because what you're how your buddy shoots isn't how you're gonna shoot you know right. it's it just it's never i mean maybe it is but it, it, you're probably gonna go through a, a ton of different phases before you settle into you know right yeah it's funny because I'll, I'll shoot with my dad once in a while uh when i'll go visit him it, we haven't done it in a long time but uh, this is before he moved back to PA. I went down to visit him when he lived in the Carolinas and uh, I'd always take my bow and we would shoot. And he's like, and he has a uh, couple recur. He had, had a couple recurves at his house. And he's like, Hey, you want to bust out the, the traditional bow? And I'm like, sure. Now the old man probably hasn't picked up that traditional bow and shot it in like 10 years. And that's not even like joking. Right. And I had been kind of shooting like every so often. So we pick up the bow, the old man grabs it. And, and he's the one who showed me originally how to shoot, you know, a recurve. And he shoots instinctive, you know, and the way he taught me was, he's like, it's like throwing a baseball. Like you were good at throwing a baseball, just pick the spot you want to hit and let it rip, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he picks up the bow and just like pinwheels the target. 
<laughs> oh, he man. probably hadn't picked up a bow in like 10 years. You know what I mean? And, uh, wow. and I pick up the bow and I just, and I think I got a little bit of panic. I got a little bit of what you got going on where he was watching and he just like took me to school. And so I flung one over the targets back and that was, and that was it. I was like, yeah, I was like, I think I'm good on today, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the old man showing me up, dude, <laughs> but that's funny, man. I actually, I got my father in the traditional archery. And, oh, did you? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He started shooting a bow, you know, a, a recurve right after I did. And, uh, he whoops up on me, man. He whoops my ass. <laughs> he's getting, he's, he's like been shooting tournaments. He got first place in uh, nice. the senior division and some state championship. Like he's, he's killing it, man. Nice. He, That's shoots, a- he shoots better than me, hands down. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, but he's my, but he's a good aimer. My dad shoots gap. So like he knows his gap and he's aiming with the arrow tip. Okay. And he's just, you know, he's retired cop, steady, you know, like good. He's just a good aimer where yeah. I need to just, you know, I need a less thinking for me, you know, and just right. look he, where I want to hit. And yeah, he spent, he spent a lot of time behind a weapon shooting just in general. Yeah. yeah which is certainly yeah, yeah. doesn't, doesn't hurt. Um, so. man, I want to talk a little bit about your hunting style, dude. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, I'm always curious whenever I have guys on what their approach really kind of is. So I guess we'll start here. You, <laughs> like, would you say in general, are you a more aggressive hunter or are you, or do you feel like you are a more measured hunter that you take a more measured approach? It's, it's, um, it's definitely situational for me. Yeah. So during the rut, I'd probably say I'm the most aggressive where I just, I'll bomb into just doe bedding, like find some doe bedding. And, uh, I know I, I, I can go over that story again. I, when we talked briefly before, mm-hmm. before this podcast, I told you the story about the, the, the dough, I, I had the buck and the dough that were bedded down to get, like, locked down together yeah, in November. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I'll do stuff like that. Just, like, go in in the a.m. And, and hang right in the middle of a bedding area. Right. And see what who, see who rolls in, you know? Right. So, and, and, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about that hunt. Because that was, like, you, you basically, like you said, you just kind of bombed in and, like, all, yeah, up, all so up in just, the business. And, and, I, and I don't know if they would consider that a bump and dump, but I just got done listening to the, the Twisto podcast of the their bump and dump uh, episode. Yep. And I mean that was like it was November second or something like that. And I, I go in <clears throat> and I'm trying to get back to like up this finger of like where there's this green briar sticking in between. It's you know it's tight it's in between houses, but it's a pretty good chunk of land. And uh I'm hiking back there and I and I blow a doe out and I look, I'm like, oh wait, there's I mean, there's more deer and I just see a I just see a rack, like pretty good good brows, good twos, like probably like 130 inch deer. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. So at that point I didn't, you know, I, I just went about what I was going to do that day anyway. And I winded up seeing squat. Right. So I went home that night and I'm like, I'm like, Hmm, I'm like, that doe was bedded there with that buck. That buck wasn't leaving her, you know? So I just, it was just fresh on my brain. I'm like, bump and dumb. I'm like, okay. And I don't really like morning hunts, you know, like I'm, I'm uh if I could sleep in I do I hate to say it but <laughs> hey, so man. I just I just There's no shame I got that game, fired dude. up yeah 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 <laughs> I got I got fired up and I went you know I got in the I forget what time it got light out that that time but <clears throat> I went and hung in the dark like 20 yards from where that doe was bedded and sure enough like 7:30 it was it was you know it was light out and she comes and beds exactly where I saw her and who's behind her <laughs> that 
130-inch buck. And she's bedded, and he's pacing her back and forth. So um, I'm 20 yards, um, let's say, like, south of her, and he's going, like, um, north to east, right? And Mm -hmm. his closest point he's getting to me is 25 yards. So he's going from 25 yards to, like, 35, and he's pacing her back and forth. And I'm just like, every time he gets to 20 yards, I'm like, come on, just take like five more steps towards me. Like, you know, he, he tortured me for about, I don't know, a half hour. You know, it might have, might have been shorter. It felt like, you know, felt like it was that long. And uh, with that, I had this real heavy, big body, like eight pointer, come run him off. Like, hmm. just completely come from behind me and put his horns up that deer's ass and just run him, <laughs> run him out of sight. The doe, the doe never gets up, but this buck runs that deer out of sight. Now they're both gone. And I'm like, at this point, I'm just chalking it up to like, welcome an to awesome the, morning. Right. You know? Awesome morning. Like, welcome to, I'm welcome like, to November. Dude. I'm like, I'm going to go home happy, like a happy man. That was some, that was awesome. Just to get to see. So about 15 minutes later, he comes back and he's all puffed up, you know? walking through the woods and I'm like, I'm killing this deer. I'm like, this isn't the deer I came in to kill, but I'm, this deer's running the show, you know? Right. And, uh, <clears throat> he winded up basically pacing the other side. He came around the other side of her and walked directly underneath. Me. And that was, um, that was at a longbow at the time. And I, I shot him like right between the shoulder blades. Damn. And, uh, yeah, he was, I mean, he was, he was right underneath me and I, I think if I'm, you know, like I said, if my stand was higher, if, you know, at that point I was learning, you know what I mean? I definitely had a little bit more of an idea of what to expect when I draw and, and point my bow straight down with a long bow. Right. And, uh, yeah, I actually, I, I dropped him with the first arrow and then he was still moving and I was on the phone with my buddy, like, (laughs) I get, I get fired up, man. Yeah. I could barely talk. And I, I had a little (laughs) pouch, like my jacket had a little pouch. Right. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I put my, I put my phone in the pouch and I knocked another arrow and shot him again. And my buddy got to hear it all. He's like, I picked the phone. I'm like, okay, he's dead. <laughs> my buddy's like, did you just shoot him again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, that's awesome. So I was going to actually ask and you, you kind of, you cut, you taught, you touched on it whenever you were kind of telling that story. And I, and I was going to ask if you preferred mornings or, or evenings typically. And you said you prefer mornings. Now, is that hold true? Even well, let me ask it this way: What? No, no, no. I'm an evening guy. I'm you're an evening guy. Evening guy through and through, no matter what time of year. Yeah. Yep. Unless I'm in a situation where I think that I can, you know, because yeah, unless I'm in a situation where I think that the morning's appropriate, like that, you know. Right. Right. When it comes to bedding stuff, but in the evening, I, you know, I'm typically setting up in a pinch point in the evening. Right. And you're and you're primarily for the most part like a like would you classify yourself as a bed hunter? I guess is what I wanted to ask um outskirts you know like in, okay. in that instant i was in it you know i was in it but mm-hmm. but usually i'm a, I, I i leave the deer alone man i don't want to go tromping through i'm like low impact as low impact as i could possibly be mm-hmm. i would prefer to hunt the outskirts of like some thick stuff you know right Green but bar, you're, crp right but you're focusing on bedding areas um, bed, yeah 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 because yeah. that's that's the thing i think a lot of people kind of get confused is whenever they hear people talk about hunting beds they think that you have to hunt right over top of them and the reality is is that you know, a buck could have, depending on how big the bedding area is, he could have multiple beds in that area. You know what I mean? And like, you, yeah. you know, and so you're really just kind of hunting the bedding area that he's spending time. in. I have a few friends that will hunt beds, like Greg will hunt a bed specifically. He will literally hunt 
on top of a bed waiting for that buck to come back. He likes to do it in the mornings right. too and has killed him in the, war- in the morning doing that. Um, I'm curious, man, like all the deer you've killed, are they more – do you find you have more success in October or do you find you have more success, say, like in November? I, I thought about this myself, and and it's it's pretty even, man. It's pretty hmm. spread out. Like I, I think. Uh, Do you prefer um, one or the other? I def I definitely have more September October deer. Okay. You know, patternable deer than the November. November is just crazy. You know, it gets. Yeah. It's everybody. Anybody who's patterning a buck is it's their worst nightmare. You know, because he's going to be five miles away on somebody somebody else's property. And right. Um. And then uh, late season. I've never been a late season guy, but the last two years I've done pretty well late season. Right. You know, I, late season is tough for me because they're hurt. They're usually herded up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and if the deer are moving and they're coming by, you're you're you know you're getting every deer in the woods, and that the big guy's going to be the last one usually. And, right. What what time frame of October do you prefer? Is there is like there a specific week that that tickles your fancy more so than others? Probably the thirteenth to the end of October. You know, it's Halloween. It's funny you say that. I was wondering what you were going to say, man, because yeah, like, I, like for the longest time, I was more of a, like I was more of a November guy, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until probably like the last two, maybe three years, that my script has flipped, where I just prefer October now, and I actually prefer the middle of October, and couple reasons is like one i think like big deer will make a mistake during that time frame if you know where, if you know where to look and there's typically fewer people out during that time of year and so if you are mm-hmm. patterning an area or a specific deer you usually will run into less uh less variables that you can't control you know so that's one of yeah. the things and i love i wanted to mention it whenever you said earlier that your your days off are tuesday and wednesday i'm like dude that's perfect because that's like that's the part of the week oh, when yeah. no one's out Oh, it's it it sucks for a social life, but right. hunting season. I mean, I'd r- yeah. definitely rather be out on the weekdays than right. You know, yeah, for and sure. And even like, uh, <clears throat> even in some like you know, some places I have permission to hunt. You know, or three acres behind you know, in a cul-de-sac, or, or mm-hmm. like, I would prefer everyone to be at work. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. I'm coming in and out of the woods, like it, it's yeah. You know, I I've dealt with the police a couple times where, you know, like we have a lot of people that move here from the city you know and Mm -hmm. and they've never seen anybody in camo with a bow and arrow in the woods before so right they usually call a cop you know they're like like, what are you doing it ruins your hunt though you know what i mean so yeah Yeah. i try and i try and be low-key about you know getting in and out you know i i don't wear camo Mm -hmm. Um, i just don't believe in it anymore you know right i've killed more i've killed more deer in a final in carhartt now than you know i have a i have a sick jacket because it's warm right Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, warmth, warmth is key, but yeah, man, you can kill them in, yeah. in, 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 a, just in anything. Earth, earth tones, man, you know, like yeah. greens, browns, khaki, like. Yeah, so. exactly. So, and it, and it, and it kind of like, it, it kind of works out for, you know, like, uh, not freaking people out in neighborhoods too. Like you're not... staying incognito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, man, like, so that going back to that November hunt, you were, that deer hung out for like a little while, right? Like you had some time with that deer. Yeah. And so yep. do you find, 
Do you feel like there's less pressure when you release an arrow whenever you spend more time with a deer? That might be a wrong way to ask the question, but... No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I feel like your initial shock of seeing a buck you want to kill is like you get this rush. Yeah. And I'm still like... Dude, I get the same... Oh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way for a doe. I get the the same knee knee knock that I got when I was, you know, 15 years old, like to this day, you know? So controlling that is a... I've learned to slow things down, you know? Like it usually... There's usually a lot of cursing in my head, like cursing at myself, like, you know, don't, <laughs> I'm like, don't F this up, don't F this up, you're going to hate yourself, like, you know, it's a lot of talking myself down, right. so if that animal is around me for longer, it kind of just gives me a moment to be like, okay, like, I, I just, if it happens, it happens, you know, like, don't, right. don't rush it. Yeah. No, I feel the same. I feel the same way. It's like, the more I get to spend time with them, the more I can kind of think, <laughs> it also gives me time to think through what the scenarios might be, you know, yeah. as far as like where the shot opportunities are. It's like, so I know I got one here. I know I have one here. And so if he's not anywhere in near either of those areas, I don't even have to worry about it. I'm watching him, yeah. but I'm, I'm not like in going to take the shot mode until I know he's about to give me the opportunity. You know, there's yeah. also the, yeah. the challenge of like, when do you draw, which is a whole other can of worms and stuff like that, depending I'm on the setup. But I'm a big time, like waiter. Like I, I, I will wait for the perfect shot. Like I, I'm, I don't like that. Like, I hate that feeling in your gut when you make a bad shot or you miss. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'd rather take a couple extra seconds, and if I get busted, I get busted. Like, right. Um, last last October, I killed a buck that was. Um, he came in. He was he was like twenty five yards out, like quartering away, perfect, wide open. And uh, dude, my 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 fingers were on the string. I was like, I was about to draw back and go. This is my opportunity. It's now or never. I'm getting a twenty five yard shot. That's what I'm getting. And that's like, I don't want to shoot over 20. You know what I mean? But I kind of, I was starting to talk myself into taking that shot. And with that, like I'm sitting there contemplating, he turns around and walks to 15 yards and I drove. I'm like, see, I could have, if I was like younger, me would have rushed it. I probably would have took a 25 yard shot. Mm -hmm. Not like the outcome, you know? Yeah, man. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, you're you've been killing hammers for for years and you're doing it in a state that a lot of people don't think of when they think of killing killing good deer you know what i mean yeah and and you're doing it (laughs) consist you know with consistency you know what type so we talked about like you're you focus on kind of hunting you know bedding areas and um and in, in you're and you're more of a, a a guy who likes to pattern, you know, deer in, in kind of that October time frame. What does a, a setup look like for you? Like what what pieces or what sign, you know, or aspects need to kind of, we talked about the moon a little bit, but what aspects all need to kind of come together for you? I'm not necessarily talking about weather in this moment, like for the day of the hunt. Yeah. But like for a spot, like when terrain, you walk you're in, talking yeah, like terrain. Yeah, like when you walk okay. into an area, you're like yeah, I'll give you that for example. Like for me, I want to be in and around either where I know a buck's bedded or in and around doe bedding during that October time frame. I want to be in and I want to know that there's a good primary scrape somewhere close by that they're going to be kind of even like yeah, yeah. making their way to to check. Or I want some kind of, you know, uh, white oak or something that's dropping in the general area that I know is going to kind of be attracting a deer or I want like some form of thermal hub where they're going to have a <laughs> thermal advantage, like a wind advantage there that I need to figure out how to beat. Like those are the things that I typically kind of look for. Like, what are you looking for in a spot where you're trying to set up? Um, so a lot of the times I don't have a choice. You know what I mean? When you get permission on three acres, 
Right. That's what you have. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you have. And, and, and baiting is legal in our state. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm basically baiting and running trail cameras to locate deer. Right. Cause I'm not going to, I don't want to waste my time somewhere where there's not a buck kill, which is 90% of the woods that I have to hunt. There's mm-hmm. not a deer that I want to kill. You know? Right. Um, Oh no, I totally off topic. That's another reason I got in the tradition. Um, I wanted to make that hundred and, 1520 inch deer trophy again right uh, that's a great point man you know yeah. what i mean I, yeah. I i was i was i was really struggling to find deer that i wanted to kill and uh so i just wanted to touch on that real quick like yeah. that it, it made it, it makes a doe a trophy man. like you shoot a doe and you're just like the yeah. first doe that i killed with a longbow i drove it around the back of my pickup truck like it was 160 inch deer like <laughs> <laughs> look at this i'm like look where i hit it right behind the shoulder what's up <laughs> right that's awesome yeah, man so. that's a great point though man like you increase so. the challenge and increases the value oh, yeah you know what i mean it's like yeah it's great yeah yeah so not to get off topic i just popped into my brain but um if i'm hunting bigger woods like terrain wise like what we have going on here i'm looking for i'm looking for like a swamp bottom like an edge somewhere <laughs> that transfers into like oaks or um any edges you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, um, and, like I said, we have a lot of green, see, like here we have green briar, swampy bottoms. Um, I want to hunt the edge of that green briar where, where it clears up. I don't want to go tromping in there, but I want to hunt the edge of it. Cause I've, I've set up on the edge of a green briar thicket and I, I don't leave anything in the woods. I don't leave stands in the woods. So like I'm hanging a stand every time I hunt. Right. And, and I've hung a stand and got all set up and 20 minutes later had, you know, four does stand up 40 yards away from me that was bedded <laughs> in Greenbrier, you know, like they hold so tight in there that, mm-hmm. um, it just makes me think, you know, like it makes me, it makes me think about sound a little bit more, you know, like being quiet and getting in. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you kind of focus on like areas of like diversity of habitat where you've got two things kind of coming together. If I can. Yeah. yeah. If I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that makes sense. It's always like, so, you know, I always tell people if they ask and if they're like, Hey, big woods, like, where do I start? I'm like, man, wherever you see two things merging, like that's, if you don't yep. know anything else, start there and start walking along it. Eventually you'll see deer sign. Then just follow it, you know? And that'll even kinda, like cedars, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got a patch of like cedars in a, in a, in a woods. I'm going to hunt the edge of that. Probably, man, you know? I love me some, I got a cedar thicket set up for this year that I, that I found scouting this off season. I kind of overlooked, um, truthfully for past three seasons and i just so happened to you know i was uh, i was looking uh at, at my maps and stuff like that and was like oh man this, this kind of looks interesting and so the the, la- the next time i was out kind of scouting the general area i was like oh, man, i'm gonna swing through here and sure enough it's like a cedar cedar thicket that i've kind of overlooked for the past couple of years and i walked through it and there's just all kinds of rubs all through there and uh, nothing really for scrapes or anything like that, but just like a ton of rubs. And so I ended up just hanging a camera on a whim, like on the edge of it. And I went back and checked it. And there are just, and I made a mock scrape actually there too. And there uh-huh. are just deer, like the next day I had does hitting that mock scrape. And basically I had, I've had deer hitting that mock scrape pretty much every day no since. Way. Yeah. And so it's just like a super high traffic area. And that's kind of like what I thought it would be. And it just kind of turned, and it just kind of turned out. So I'm stoked. I don't, I didn't have anything for a decent buck on that uh, card pool, at least at this point, which I kind of expected. Yeah. That. You know, I didn't think <laughs> that it would have anything until, you know, until fall started to roll around. But another, it, another thing. Okay. No, I was just gonna say, but it confirmed. Like my first confirmation was just that 
I'm getting good deer traffic there. And, you know, and so mm-hmm. the next thing will be to just kind of validate that there's a decent buck in there I want to chase. Nice, nice. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say another thing is when heavy snowfall, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. underneath them feeders where the snow is a little, and sometimes there's no snow under them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Try and catch deer bedded in there or not. Yeah, I found some. I, well, that's where my dog found a shed this year. Was actually in a in a cedar thicket this year, which was it was his first shed. So he was stoked about that. That's awesome. Yeah, um, dude. So you made the tri- you made the change to traditional equipment, and then you just like went on a tear. And I think it was like you've killed four hammer bucks in the past two seasons. Your first two seasons, your first two full seasons of shooting traditional equipment, right? Uh. Yeah, five. <laughs> five. <laughs> Sorry, man. Five, didn't, mean, yeah. didn't mean to slight you on one. <laughs> dude, no, I just like I, I, I'm a static dude. Like I, I, I still like I, I don't know. Like I, I, you know what? Part of it, I think it made me work harder. You know, like okay, I was get, I was getting a little lazy with the compound. You know, I had my spots that I went to. Like, you know, I try and get something going on, but like knowing that I needed to be closer and knowing that I wanted, I, I wanted to just. I had more of a drive to kill with that, you know, because mm-hmm. it was new, you know, and I'm like, it, it was kind of a dream of mine forever to do it. You know, I had a, my buddy years ago, always, uh, my buddy Willie always shot a stick bow. He had a black widow when I was like 19. And I would, you know, like, that's awesome, man. Like, I can't do it, but that's cool, you know? Right. So it was always in the back of my brain that, that it's something I wanted to do, but, um, and that deer you killed this year was a hammer, dude. What was the deal with, where'd you end up? Where? So what was the story of that deer? Um, that's the, uh, the January one. Yeah, it was, no, I think this was the October one. The big, like, was he, is a big, like tall freaky eight. Was that it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was January. Oh, that was January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I actually, um, you know, I know I'm, some people are against it, but I can, I can actually kill that deer right over bait. Okay. And, uh, I'm not against it, man. You know what I mean? And if, Dude, if it's anybody, if it's legal, if anybody, if anybody wants to frown upon it, I welcome them to come to New Jersey because it's, it's different. If you're, if you're in a non baiting state and you're baiting, okay, you might have an advantage, but this is New Jersey where everybody has a bait pile in their backyard. There's you, I, I could shed hunt and find bait piles, you know, bait piles, bait piles, bait piles. Right. So it was, it was, a uh, it was strategic baiting. You know what I mean? On the right. outside of a bedding area. And I, I basically pattern, had pattern. I was low, trying to locate a different buck. That's what happened. I was trying to locate a different buck. Got permission across the piece of woods I was hunting to try and find this other deer. And I had this buck pop up. And it was just like, I'm like, he's coming in, at, you know, an hour before dark. Like, why would I, why would I go try and cut him off? You know what I mean? He's coming in daylight. And uh, that was the one I told you before. It was like the rainy drizzle day. And I, my, my right. moon guide was uh my subscription lapsed and right. i didn't know it was an a day right right and uh so actually that year um that year uh it was a field edge like a, a, i call it a field but it was cut grass you know in someone's yard right and i had a southwest wind which was blowing actually where he was coming from but it was blowing out into the cut grass and i knew he wasn't going to walk the cut grass in daylight probably you know he could so I kind of gave that deer the wind, you know, when I, I before I said the wind was iffy, mm-hmm. kind of borderline, he, he had the wind in his face, but my wind was quartering out into the field. So it was a, a nail biting, like 10 minutes, you know, because he, 
you know, big bucks typically come in, they stand 40 yards out and they do the scan. Right. They check everything. Yep. And like, I'm like, okay. I just knew the wind could swirl at any moment. Any moment the wind swirls, he's gone. I'm like, right. okay. He does like the, you know, the scan. And the second That's the worst, he, dude. Whenever they're like, you're like, come oh, on, dude. dude just, I'm just, like, you're just like, be stupid. Just make the stupid I'm, mistake. I'm standing up. Like, I'm standing up on my boat at this point, And I'm just like, I don't squint my eyes. I don't know. I just feel like that. Like, like, like you can't a, see like me. Yeah, I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like squinting my eyes looking at him. And the second he took his first step, I'm like, Oof. I'm like, you just committed. Like I knew he committed. And I had tension on the string like at that moment. And he came in, went broadside. And I hit him. Um, <clears throat> I hit him good. He ran. Not I expected him to run back where he was betting. Mm-hmm. And he ran towards the road and stopped on the edge of the road. Um, so I'm basically in the corner of like, I have a, I have a, a road. Mm-hmm. And then a lady's cut lawn, like grass lawn where my wind's blowing out to. So the road's behind me. He ran straight past me under my stand after I killed him, after I shot him, stood on the side of the road with cars passing, got wobbly, and fell over. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, I didn't get to enjoy the moment. I, I slid down the tree like a fire pole, and I, like, ran out there and grabbed him before somebody came by and was like, oh, antlers, and cut his head off, you know? Right, right, yeah. So <laughs> that was definitely a, a memorable hunt. Like, just insane. I'm like, why did you run that way? Like, <laughs> Of all the places to run, right? Yeah, with yeah. arrows, it hit the offside shoulder, so the arrow's sticking out of him. <laughs> so people driving and, down the road. Like and getting... he's standing on the side of the road, dude, with an arrow hanging out of him. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> dude, I, I had a buddy hunting in the suburbs, um, uh, Chamber, <laughs> Chamber, uh, Taylor Chamberlain, and he hunts mm-hmm. in around D.C., and he shot one and ended up in, uh, in the person's pool. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Which is like I don't know that you can get much worse. He was like, yeah, pretty much ruined that guy's pH level in the pool. Like it's bad. Yeah, deer. Right? yeah, <laughs> but, deer blood in the pool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, um, so, so my, killed- my biggest fear, my biggest fear was that he was going to do his final like bolt, and he was just going to go run across the road and get hit. Like right, right. Yeah, that'd be that'd be devastating. But. Yeah, then you got to ex- yeah, yeah, that would be a bad conversation to have with whoever was driving the car too. Like they hit your deer. It's yeah, like, right. You know, but yeah. uh, so so before that though, man, you killed one. I think on October thirteenth or something as well, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That was a killer buck too, man. Like, what was the deal? What was the deal with that one? Like, that's another hammer hammer eight point. Like, I'm lo- I'm actually looking at a picture of him now. Like, he's got some great mass, some good like pearls on his on his bases. Yeah. Yeah, he was a super nice deer. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think back now. Now, all right, so that deer, I'm going back and forth between two different properties. That deer was on on another camera. I'm trying to think how far, maybe a mile, like through a neighborhood, though. Hmm. You know, through a neighborhood, across a road, boom, he's showing up daylight every day there, you know, and, and now it's like, I'm just waiting for the right wind, you know? Right. So it's, it's a day before I'm about to be off work for two days. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull this card and I'm going to figure out, you know, where I'm going to strike for these two days. You know, am I going to just go try and shoot a doe somewhere or am I going to hunt this spot? So I pull the card and I get pictures of legs, people, people legs. Hmm. And I'm like, man, my God damn it. I'm like, the buck's gone, you know? Right. He's, just just people pictures right in the beginning of the car cam- the beginning of the, the camera roll and the buck is gone so now i'm like i'm like all right um 
I go and pull my other card from my spot. Like it, it's, it's gotta be close to a mile, dude. Like through a neighborhood too. Never seen that deer there. Boom. He pops up. It's a little green briar thicket, like tiny, tiny four acres. Boom. He's there every day in gray light. Um, so I, those people, I made them shift. You know what I mean? They, they booted them out of there. And, uh, I checked the camera. Yeah, so he's gray light there. And I look at the next three days and they're red eight days. Hmm. and the wind is good and everything's like perfect and uh that was here when i was telling you before that stood at 25 yards yep for like oh, a little bit and i was gonna you know i'm like do i this is is this my opportunity and then he turned around and made his way out to a uh, a field that's over there that's crazy and, it's he's a great uh, buck too man october 13th october law when people say you can't kill well you can't kill good yeah. bucks you know what i mean it's like they're they'll yep. they'll they'll move and that's interesting that he shifted after the and then you still and were able to so that um that evening i had uh the deer started funneling out early so i'm like okay it's an a day like this is a this is a good sign i was to the point where i saw every deer every like squirrely spike that i had on camera one half rack i saw every deer that i had on camera except for him hmm. so i'm just sitting there like come on come on come on and i just i I looked up and I caught movement and he's just doing that stand, man, before he stepped out into the open, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> thick, thick overgrown field. I actually called a, a friend with a dog to find him, mm-hmm. dude, because I, I hit him like right behind, like perfect, right behind the shoulder. And he did like five bounds in this field and then just like disappeared. And I get down, I had good blood and I'm like a little... I was going to just back out, you know, just go home. But when I got down to grab my arrow, um, there was like blood everywhere. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, he's dead right up here. And I, and I walked, I mean, when I say thick overgrown field, like CRP, like over my head, like I'm parting the seas with my arms, like, right. like, like, like swimming through it, you know? And, um, the blood just disappeared. Stop. And I, and I did a little circle and I'm like, I started to panic. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. But I could smell them, you know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. could smell deer. Like, I could smell, like, parcel glands and, like, just deer. So I, I wasn't freaking out too bad, but I was nervous. I went home, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to mess around. I called my buddy with the dog. and just, I was standing, from where I did my little circle, I was standing, like, 10 yards away from him, and I couldn't see him. <laughs> but, funny, but it was cool yeah. to get my buddy out. It was cool to get him out with the dog. And, right. You know, get, get, like, you know, be able to get, like, my other two buddies involved. And, yeah. Yeah, it, and it's better to be safe than sorry, too, man. In those instances, yeah. like he, he, I actually, I, I broke my rule already. Right there, like I usually, you know, I back out right away and back. Right. But I yeah. thought it was a home run. Well, right. it was, but I just couldn't see him. Yeah, he's not going to be less dead when you show up later. You know, it's like so, yeah. so, man. Yeah. So, what do you think this run of like this five buck run you've been on, especially after transitioning to tra- to traditional commit, what? Like do you, when you think back on those deer, like what has been the key to consistently, like to this consistency that you've had these past couple of years? I, not having a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not having a life. You know. Right. Right. Um, luckily, I have a girlfriend that supports me and uh, sticks with my crazy ass. Cause I, uh, yeah, like once. I, I get anxious. I get real anxious before hunting season because I know once it starts, like that's over. Like, yeah, you know, I put everything on the line. Like if I, 
if my dot's flying up, I, I might fall out of work or do something stupid I shouldn't do, but right. <laughs> it's, I, I just live for it, man. That's it. I, what's, uh, what's your plan for this year, man? Do you have a, <clears throat> do you have any targets? I know you don't run, you know, you still have yet to kind of get trail cameras out, but do you know of any leftovers from last year or any, anyone that you have your eye on right now that maybe you've glassed up? Um, so I, the, the deer, the, the January buck, I said I was looking for a different buck. Yeah. I found him. Um, I'm hoping that deer is still kicking around, but it would be a, I mean, it would truly be a miracle if he was, right. um, we, we got hit with EHD real bad last year. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping it doesn't, hit us this year like i hope we don't get hit back to back mm-hmm. um the deer that i actually killed in january uh his hooves dude were all tore up and bloody like hmm. shedding and uh my buddy talked to a conservation officer that said that's a sign that they survived dhd oh wow yeah so i never i never knew that but that was yeah. pretty interesting yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy so when you pattern these bucks man are you a lot of times like you may not have year over year information on them you're patterning them within within the same season it i always try and keep history of bucks man and um it always seems like someone new pops up you know like where did he come from whether i just don't recognize him from the year before right i'm really bad at saving sd cards man i'm usually like i check them it i need to start i need to start saving more pictures because a couple deer that i've killed i'm like i think i have pictures of him last year but i have no way to go back and look he wasn't a shooter last year so i didn't save the picture you know right I need, I need to start saving pictures of like upcomers, up and comers, you know? Yeah. I do the same thing. Like I've got a so, folder that's like the, the ones I want to try to kill. And then I have, you know, uh, you know, another one that's like <laughs> up and comers that I'm just kind of like keeping yeah. an eye on. Yeah. Like, I gotta, I gotta make that folder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice man. Well, Hey, I want to be sensitive to your time. I know you're still at the range. I want to let you get going so you can get home, but I got one last question for you, brother. I always like to kind of yeah, end, end on this one. So you are the coach of a, killer deer slaying basketball team and you've got three tags you need to fill it and you have to pick three hunters to fill these tags and your life depends on it they could be anyone that you know don't know they can be dead they can be alive whatever the case is who are those three people that you're counting on to uh to save your hide oh boy um that's a tougher question than I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, are we going like friends or just anybody? No, anybody. They can be people you know, people you don't know, people who are famous, not famous, dead, alive, doesn't matter. Um, oh, you stumped me, man. Um, <laughs> I know. It's like sometimes it's like sometimes people just rattle them right off. And uh, other times it's like uh, people are like, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, so actually, all right, so, um, God rest his soul, because I was just talking about him today, that, um, I used to follow that guy, Pod Spring. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. Can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, him, mm-hmm. um, Barry Wenzel. Okay. And, uh, let's go Paul Schaefer, because I, the stories I've been hearing about him lately are incredible. Paul Schaefer. I've not, that's the first yeah. time anyone's mentioned that one on this question. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's a, a, a bowyer. Okay. Um, from, I mean, uh, the push guys just did a whole, uh, podcast with an interview that he did. He, he, he's since passed away. Oh, okay. But, uh, they did, a. they read, a uh, an interview with him, like, and, and Tim played, uh, actually Barry Wenzel doing the interview and, 
and uh, Tyler Carlson played uh, Paul Schaefer, and they kind of read this interview back and forth, and it was super, super interesting. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's, the dude's like a, a, a legend for sure. Nice. But um, some of the stories you hear about him, you're like, you know, like, I do, like you, you don't know if they're just made up because because everyone talks so highly of this guy, but right. they all come from somebody who knew him. You know what I mean? It's not like somebody. It well, it's not bragging like, about themselves, you know right? I mean? It's yeah. not, and it's not like they're trying to grow the legend for the growing the legend's <laughs> sake, right? It's yeah, them yeah telling right. the stories about their buddy, you know. Yeah. But, well, cool, man. I'll let you get going. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Before I let you go, let people know where they can find out more about you, where they can follow you, and check out what you got going on this fall. Okay. Um. I just all I, I mean I'm like all I have is Instagram. It's uh, East East Coast Sickbow, and there's a. It's East underscore, I believe it's called. The yep. Thing. yep. Coast underscore Sickbo. And uh, I'm the last living person on the earth without Facebook. So yeah. <laughs> basically just Instagram. Yeah, so. you're, you're, you're better off for it, man. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, you're better yeah, off yeah. for it. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on and making time, dude. Let's uh, let's make sure to stay in touch. And uh, let's try to do another one of these this uh, fall when you inevitably lay down another hammer. Yeah, I'm winging it this year, man. We didn't really get into that, but yeah, it's so, like well, then I it's got one buck. I it, I might go to Ohio. I might go to Missouri. I'm kind of undecided right now, but uh, nice, hell yeah! Like you should definitely, okay. you should definitely do that. I got some, I got some intel on that. We can share after uh, when we when we hang up. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate right, you. Yeah, thank you. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Spartan Forge, Exodus, and Skull Brew Coffee Company. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.